0: on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we have made it to episode 200 of First Class Fatherhood. I began this podcast a little over a year ago and from the little acorn grew the mighty oak. My first episode received only 17 downloads when I first put it out there, and now the show has been downloaded over a quarter of a million times. I have had the extraordinary honor of speaking with some incredible men here and a few ladies along the way. Today is no different. United States Marines Medal of Honor recipient Dakota Meyer is my guest, so please make sure you stick around for the interview. Over the last 200 episodes, I have had the honor to shoot the breeze about fatherhood with a lot of combat veterans, including over two dozen Navy SEALs, such as Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, Mike Ritland. I've had Army Green Berets like Evan Hafer, Apache Pilots like John James, retired Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and many more. I do my best to bring on as many veterans as I can because I am grateful for their service, and what they have accomplished is just unbelievable. It is not lost on me that what is going on around the world to protect my freedom is serious business. What the men and women of our military are sacrificing is serious, and I take that seriously. So to all of the members of our armed forces who have done and continue to do battle with our nation's enemies, I would like to say thank you. Now, if you are unfamiliar with today's guest, Dakota Meyer, I highly suggest you listen to him tell his story on the Jocko Willink podcast as he recounts the Battle of Ganga and just ponder those events with a note of seriousness. All right, now it hasn't been all guts and glory here on the podcast. We have heard the fatherhood journeys from Super Bowl MVPs and Hall of Famers like Deion Sanders and Kurt Warner. I have taken you on the field at the Super Bowl to get Tom Brady and Julian Edelman's perspective on fatherhood. I have also brought you dads who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, such as Ed Milette, Grant Cardone, Bedros Koulian. I have had powerful power lifters, such as Stan Efferding and Mark Bell reality stars like Matt Roloff, extreme sports legends like Tony Hawk and Shane Dorian. I have had authors, actors, outdoorsmen, you name it, you've heard it here on First Class Fatherhood. So as we turn 200, I would like to say thank you to all of you listeners out there who have inspired me to continue to put in the work necessary to produce this show. Your messages, emails, phone calls have meant more to me than you could possibly ever know. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome. The genesis of this show and my message is pretty cut and dry. I grew tired of the way dads are portrayed on TV and in the movies. The family man is always shown with his tail between his legs. Life has kicked him in the ass. And we see this image of the beta male taking center stage. Young men who I drive around in Uber on the weekends have this negative outlook on fatherhood and family life as if it's some sort of death sentence. If you would like a more accurate picture of what fatherhood is really like for men who have accomplished greatly in this lifetime, just take a listen to some of the dads that I've had on this podcast who, despite all of their great achievements, have stated that it has been through the experience of fatherhood that they have received the greatest sense of fulfillment and accomplishment in their lives, and that is a true testimony to what fatherhood is really all about. We are not assistant moms. We are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. All right? So let's go, dads. Lock it in here. I have a great interview to bring you guys for episode 200, Fatherhood Rocks, Family Values Rule, and Every Day is Father's Day, right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with Medal of Honor recipient Dakota Meyer. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, Fatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father, he was awarded the Medal of Honor in 2011 for his actions on the battlefield while serving as a United States Marine. He is the author of a New York Times best-selling book, Into the Fire, a firsthand account of the most extraordinary battle in the Afghan war. It is a tremendous honor for me to say, Dakota Meyer, welcome to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
0: All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So
1: I've got two kids. Um, I've got a Actually, one just turned, Atlee turned two yesterday, and then uh, I've got a three-year-old as well. She's three and a half now.
0: Awesome. Now, did you guys do any kind of gender reveal to find out what you were having both times, or did you wait till the end to find out?
1: You know, I can't really say that I ever had a traditional, like, uh, a traditional, I guess you would call it, like, uh, was part of a traditional pregnancy, you know, there's a lot of back and forth, but um, no, actually, but Atley was, a, it's, a, it's kind of a cool story. People are surprised about it bristol didn't want to know we we, she's like i don't want to know like don't know the gender i'm like well i want to know right so i stood over next to the doctor and found out what it was and i knew probably four months before she even had a clue
0: wow that had to be difficult to hold that in the whole time
1: oh yeah you talk about some tension
0: (laughs) all right dakota please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do
1: yeah so i was a um so I served in the Marine Corps. I was a uh, Marine Corps sniper. Got out, and then I served in Iraq and Afghanistan. Got out, and um, you know I own my own companies. Do a lot of consulting. I have a company called Flipside Canvas where we put out canvas prints. I've got a brand called Own the Dash. That's uh, you know it's all about empowering people to be the best them and to realize that, how incredible that they are. And um, and yeah, that's kind of it. I got two daughters. I I um, Atley and Sailor and. Yeah, that's about it.
0: Very cool. And I love to get the perspective from Dad's Dakota because uh in my opinion there has been an attack in this country on fatherhood and family life. Uh, so how has the experience of becoming a dad kind of changed your perspective on life?
1: You know, I I I, it, I mean it changed everything. I mean it, it, it it's 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 all, I mean it, it's a whole different. It would be I think it would be equivalent to you looking at the world from standing on the ground to all of a sudden looking at the world from outer, from the from the space station, right? Like I think that that's that's that is probably still an understatement of how much it changed my world um you know it it taught me i mean the number one thing i always like to talk about is it taught me what love was i mean it taught me what true love was it taught me what forgiveness was it taught me what empathy was um i mean it taught me a lot of that and and, and the other part of it was it, it taught me to grow up and 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 how to be a perspective of how to be a man um, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, you're talking about <clears throat> these attacks on, you know, fathers and things like that, but I, I gotta be honest with you. Like, you know, men have got to take the responsibility for this. Um, and I, I'm going to say this in a lot of ways that, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it and I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm going to say that, that a lot of men or the men who are representing men out there, the fathers, they're not really fathers. You know they're doing the minimum they're doing what society allows them to do instead of fighting to be a father right and I'm going to tell you an example you know the the typical standard schedule for a father because society has has set this standard that should it's so messed up, but I mean what it's every other weekend right every other weekend an extended schedule in a in a pro father state of Texas is every other weekend and every fifth weekend as well, right this is the standard to be a father a father is a 50 50% percent role 50 50 and so for any father out there who doesn't go and fight for that part of it like what are you doing really like are you you, you see what i'm saying like society is kind of it's both sides of it but fathers have the responsibility to take back and fight for what's hers, and that's to be the father
0: Yeah, I'm with you there, Dakota. And I'll tell you two things I believe play into this. You know, I drive Uber on the weekends and I hear it from the young men who, after seeing the way dads are being portrayed on TV and in the movies, these guys are heading into fatherhood with a mindset that, you know, life is going to suck now. It's the end of the world once they have kids. Uh, So they go into it, you know, with these low expectations right out of the gate. And another reason is, you know, we live in a world where everybody wants everything to be equal. uh, But when it comes to uh, divorce, moms and dads are not treated equally in the eyes of the court system. Um, Moms are valued more than dads are. But if you look at the statistics of children who grow up without a father figure, we quickly realize that dads are just as equally important in the child's upbringing.
1: hundred I mean, percent. I, I mean, if you want to get into the bigger perspective of, of my belief of this, I think that's why you see society the way it is, right? I think that's why you see... Um, that's why you see the the, the the way that things are and it's because men are leaving, men are men are getting divorced, men are you know, men are men are not staying around. They're not staying in to 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 build the family, to be there to be that rock. And so women are having to go out and having to take the men's roles. Women are having to go out because they don't I mean, they don't know if the man's gonna be there or not. They don't know if the man's gonna be there and be the child's father. You know, the mother always gets stuck with the kid 99 percent of the time. The father chooses whether he's in the child's life. How messed up is that? How messed up is that, right? Like, you don't, I'm not saying this is for every situation, but what I'm saying is, is that if men want, if they're tired of seeing the way that society is treating them and the way that society is attacking them, they need to step up and be men, and they need to consistently be men, and that's being an honorable person. That's being somebody who keeps their word. That's being somebody who protects, his wife, who values his wife, who respects his wife. You know, society has got us to where we don't. You know, where we we glamorize women, we we in the wrong ways. We go after them for the wrong ways. It's all about sex, and it's all about you know, uh, uh, you know, all this. It's all this. It's it's the wrong. We've got our priorities on the wrong stuff, and until we start taking over and start showing the world that we're not. That, that the Harvey Weinsteins and, and that all these people out there who are doing these, the Dan Bilzerians, all these people aren't what, 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 what represent us as men. We're going to continue to have this problem.
0: Yeah, well said, and it is a big problem, but I can tell you what, since I began this podcast here, I've been hit up by hundreds of dads all over the country here that feel the same way, and their voices, they aren't being heard, and they are sick and tired of this type of uh, every kid gets a trophy philosophy, uh, but we don't get to hear them speak, we don't get to hear from them.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, I mean, that's why you're doing the podcast, right? I mean, I mean, I, I, And I didn't understand it until I had to do it, until I was in that situation, I had no idea, right? I mean, I had no idea until I was in that situation. And some of these fathers, it's because they become fathers at such young age. I couldn't imagine becoming a father at 18, 19, 20 years old of the 20 year old Dakota, right? I mean, I was fortunate I didn't become a father until I was 27 years old. So I'd already gone through a lot. I'd already seen a lot of, of life. I'd already. And, and, and you know what? At the end of the day, you're right. When you have kids, guess what? It ain't about you anymore. Your life does change. You ain't going to go out and party. You're not going to go out and just do whatever. But that's part of ha- being an adult, right? I mean, that's part of having responsibilities. That's part of, 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 of being able to have the most beautiful thing on earth, and that's children, and being able to do that. I mean, that's just part of it. Like, you have to give and take. But if you're not willing to, to put in the time, then I always say, then don't do the crime.
0: Yeah, good stuff. And fatherhood is like the first time for most of us. I mean, I understand uh, military veterans like yourself there, you have that service before self mentality already. But for regular guys, civilians like myself here, the first time we experience any type of uh, that feeling of putting somebody else ahead of ourselves, loving somebody more than we love ourselves is through the experience of fatherhood.
1: And it is a powerful feeling. Yeah, and it, but but I mean, I mean, but, but, but here's what's, Here's what people don't get, right? And I think this is what's not portrayed enough is, yeah, it's hard. I mean, gosh, I mean, you you know. I mean, how hard is it? I mean, there's days that you're, like, just trying to get to lunch, right, trying to get to, to bedtime, and you're like, holy shit, I got to do this again, right? But but tell me this. How many times have you came in having a bad day and, 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 and it's been a shit day, but you come in and the love that they give you, that the excitement that they are to see you no matter what,
0: Yeah, the prize is delicious for sure. And and look, while I'm even having this conversation with you, I have two of my kids homesick from school here. Uh, The schedule is always changing. You never know where it's going to take you from one minute to the next. But uh, if you embrace that and you just change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, you just change your priorities. I always talk about life. Like when your life's out of whack and and your life, like you can't, like you you, you ever notice how if you put a camera on autofocus, It never focuses on what you want it focused on. You ever notice that? Like you put that box and you put it on autofocus. Like you can't put your life on autofocus. It has to be on manual focus. You have to choose the priorities that that your life is on. Like you have to choose that. And at any point that you get lazy and you don't consciously choose what your priorities are and focus that lens, well, then it's going to autofocus and your priorities are going to be off. And that's usually where I tell people to start when they have a lot of chaos in their life.
0: Yeah, very well said. All right, I know you went through a very public divorce. What were some of the challenges for you as a dad going through all that?
1: Well, I mean, no, I mean, you know, the same thing as anybody else. I mean, I was getting beat down left and right, you know what I mean? I mean, it's so easy because of the man before us that set the standards so low. It's so easy for, I mean, a mom walks in court and, and, and she doesn't have to fight to prove she's a mother, but you have to prove every single day that you're a father. Like a mother, I a mother doesn't have to I mean, you try to take a kid from a mother, and I'm, not, I'm Bristol by no means. I'm not I'm not trying to say this in, in any way. Br- Bristol's an incredible mother. But what I'm saying is is when you walk into the court systems, you walk in to fight a custody battle, the mother doesn't have to prove anything. The father has to prove and gain every single inch of the time that he's going to get with his children for the rest of their life.
0: All right, it's time for an important word from our sponsors, then back with more from Dakota Meyer. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. And First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house.
1: What I'm saying is, is when you walk into the court systems, you walk in to fight a custody battle, the mother doesn't have to prove anything. The father has to prove and gain every single inch of the time that he's going to get with his children for the rest of their life.
0: Yeah, and I think that is adding to this fatherless problem we are seeing in our country right now. You know, guys are being just humiliated. They're spending every nickel they have fighting this uphill battle just to try to get a couple of uh, sometimes even supervised visits with their kids every other weekend or so, and it drags on and on. And, and for some of these guys, they throw in the towel, they throw their hands up, and they just walk away. And if we could fix this fatherless problem that we have, along with, you know, maybe getting God back into our school systems and stuff, I think with those two issues alone there, if we can get them fixed, uh, we would see some drastic changes in our
1: society. Well, I agree, but you know what? Like, the only people who are going to improve both of them are men fighting, and I have no empathy for someone who's like, well, I just I, I didn't want to waste the money for every other weekend. I have no empathy. I was willing to give my life being paid about 800 bucks a month for people yeah. who didn't even know me. I was willing to give a lot more than money for this world and this nation. So I don't have any empathy for a father who comes in and says, ah, you know, I don't have the money. Well, you know what? If you're sitting at home and you're not working five jobs to spend every dollar to fight for your child, then what are you doing? Then what are you doing? If, if your child, if your own blood isn't worth fighting for, then what the fuck in your life are you going to fight for?
0: Yeah, I think it's the only thing in life that's worth fighting for, to be honest with you.
1: A hundred percent, right? What are you going to fight for? What are you going to fight for? I would walk to work. I promise you, and I made this statement to my attorney when we started going to the divorce, and he said, you know, look, here you're probably going to get an expanded standard, extended standard, which is every other weekend, and the fifth weekend. And I told him, and I'll quote myself, I said, I will be broke living on in a cardboard box on the streets of Austin, Texas, or wherever my kids are, before I stop fighting for anything less than 50% of my kids.
0: Yeah, that's the spirit that, I mean, if we had the majority of men sharing that philosophy, there would be some major differences in our entire culture uh, for the better.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's going to take all of us. But the problem is, is that just like you said, it's like, well, society lets us do this. Society says this. You know what? Like, like, look, I'm proud of women for fighting. I'm proud of women for standing up for what, what's right and saying, look, I'm proud of all this Harvey Weinstein stuff Up, you know what, we're not going to take this shit anymore. We're not going to take in the workplace of being disrespected anymore. We, I'm proud of them for fucking standing up. But guess what? Why are we not standing up? Why are, yeah. we, why are we not standing up? Well, we're going to just sit back. And, and you know why? When I hear somebody say, well, it's just going to cost so much money, I always think in my mind, it's like, well, you weren't going to be a good father anyways. Because guess what? Just the fight, the fight in court, the money part is the easiest part of this whole, the whole part of it. The hard part is showing up and being there every single day.
0: Yeah, and Dakota, I think money is another one of these things that society has put into our brains as the true value or the true wealth. And, and I put it this way to the kids when I teach them. I ask them, hey, listen, if Bill Gates walked into the room here and offered you guys, you know, half a million dollars and all you had to do was donate both of your eyes, uh, would you do it? And of course they say no. And I say, well, look, you're admitting right there that you have something that's more valuable than the money. I mean, we've been trained to place all this value on money where, you know, we're, we are the real wealth. We're walking around with the, with the true wealth.
1: That's society, right? I mean, it's all its all what's next. I mean, that's this commercialization of everything, right? I mean, look at Christmas. Look at every holiday, birthdays. I mean, look at all this stuff. It's all commercialization, and it's all about money. It's all about the things we have. It's all about comparing what's next, the hot commodity, the hot item, instead of just sitting here and valuing each other, instead of valuing each other. And I'm telling you, social media and these phones, the phones have done nothing more than disconnect us even more, each other right is of this of of making sure that we don't have to have empathy for people hurting right you can't feel somebody hurting on the other side of a text message you can't see people hurting on the other side of a text message and so it causes disconnect this disconnect between people of of having empathy and suffering because now society's turned suffering and empathy suffering of, of other humans into reality tv and entertainment And it's terrible. It's terrible. Our whole society is just it's off right now. And until we stand up and we start living what we say we want. Then we're going to continue to see what's been happening the last few years happen.
0: Yeah. And I never had any of these social media accounts until I started the show last year. And just to see what goes on there, especially with Twitter, I mean, all the negativity, it's nuts. And I don't even understand uh, why people are even on there if they're not selling something, because it's just a cesspool.
1: I mean, it is, it is, because guess what? It's an easy place for people to beat each other down. It's always easier to be negative than it is to be positive. I mean, there's plenty of shit to be negative about in life, but there's also plenty of stuff to be positive about in life. But it's easier to choose. I I always tell people society right now, everybody's trying to out-victimize each other. Like, who could be the victim more? (laughs)
0: you're right there. Um, All right. You're obviously a combat veteran, Medal of Honor recipient here. You've had to do battle with PTSD. What is it like to deal with all that as a father? Does having kids help or hurt you when it comes to dealing with PTSD?
1: I mean, it's actually helped me. I mean, you know, my kids are my they're my I, I call them the good kryptonite. Right. Like, my kids are, are what, what keep me grounded. They're what keeps me going. They're they they they're a priority like I could never have put in my life without them. And so, you know, they, they've helped me out a lot. I mean, they've gave me focus of, of what really matters, of what what really does matter at the end of the day. So, you know, and, and, and they've also made everything that I've gone through worth it. So no matter how bad it is today, no matter how bad I'm still going through the stuff, like, I still have them to look at every single day to know it's worth it. And so you know, it's helped me. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, when I struggle, it makes it a little bit harder, but I mean, they're always, they're, they're, they're the best thing for me.
0: Well said. And what does the bedtime routine look like uh, with the girls, Dakota? Are you a storyteller, a lullaby guy? How does bedtime go down in your house?
1: However they want to do it. Usually we go, we do a shower or bath and then, um, and then we'll, we'll sit, I have a chair and so we'll sit there and watch TV until it's time for bed. And then, uh, we'll go upstairs and read a book and go to bed.
0: All right. And I know they're young yet, but uh, how do you handle disciplining the girls here? Are you a spanker, a timeout guy? Uh, do you negotiate with them? How do you handle it?
1: I don't do much negotiating. You know, it's, uh, in my house, it's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. And, uh, I always tell them that's why I'm the father and they're the kids. Right. And they're not. Um, so no, I mean, I, 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 I use spanking obviously. Um, and then I obviously use, um, timeout, you know, it's, it's an escalation of, I call it the escalation of force of, you know, timeout first. And then, you know, we, we sit down and talk about it and then it's, you know, how how far do they want to escalate it? Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. And since you're a single dad here, I'm curious, at what point would you feel comfortable, uh, in a new relationship to introduce, you know, a new girlfriend uh, to your kids?
1: Um, it would have to be at the point to where I, you know, I couldn't see, like, there's no other option. Right, like like that I'm not an option. Once that relationship becomes, once it becomes, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I was married and that, that turned into an option. But once it becomes to a point to where, you know, it's going forward and that's going to be the future, like that I have a future with this person, then that would be it. But until then, you know, um, nobody, nobody gets to meet my kids.
0: Okay, yeah, and talking about all that social media stuff there, you could probably make a fortune if you started a program called Dating Dakota, you know. Would you ever consider something like that?
1: Hell no. <laughs> that sounds like a headache to me. <laughs>
0: all right, another thing I'd like to get your take on here is guns. Obviously, always a hot topic. You're a gun owner. When do you think is the best time to introduce guns and gun safety to your kids?
1: Um, You know, I think that whenever my kids can understand what, what the repercussions of guns can be, uh, I think that's whenever I can allow them to be, you know, to have to be, you know, t- to be able to be around weapons. I mean, look, I've got guns all in the house. They see me with guns; they know not to touch guns. Um, you know, I mean, I-, I keep guns in my house all over to protect them, their safety, right? So I think it's the same thing with that: is whenever, whenever safety becomes a priority to my kids, and they understand the, you know, the when, when I feel like that they can understand the consequences of what a weapon can do, then I'll let them, I'll teach them how to shoot and I'll let them be around it. Okay. Well
0: said. All right. Uh, you've had a lot of success here. You got flipside canvas going on on the dash. What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself here for the future?
1: Yeah, I just want to build a future that, you know, that changes the world, you know, that makes people understand how great that they are and, and, and that, you know, to hopefully get, to get my country and the world that I fought for, you know, back to a place that, you know, is worthy of the sacrifice of my teammates. Awesome. Okay, last thing I want to
0: hit you with here, Dakota. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad, or for that about to be father who's out there listening?
1: You know, if your dad that's just about to be uh, for the first time, you know, understand that, that. Look, it's it's hard for all of us. You know, nobody's a perfect parent. Nobody gets it right all the time. Um, understand, you know, have realistic expectations. Don't don't parent off of of what you know was. You know, off uh, of how others tell you to parent. Parent off what you know is right. What you know is what, what you know. You know, build. You know, don't look at just today. Look at how you want your kids in the future, and and, and be the parent. Understand, be the parent. Make sure that that relationship. Don't be their friends. Be the parent. They. My dad always used to tell me, and this is this is the advice that I'll, I'll 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 end all this with is he didn't care about if what I thought of him today. He cared about me. What I what he cares about what. I thought about him when I'm a father.
0: Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Uh, You are a first class father all the way. This has been a real honor for me. And I got to say, Dakota Meyer, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thanks so much, man.
0: Okay, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. to wrap things up here on first class fatherhood i got to give a special thank you once again to dakota meyer for giving me a few minutes of his time here that was such an honor please hit me up on twitter guys or drop me a dm over on instagram let me know what you thought about today's episode i always love to read your feedback and we are now 200 episodes deep into first class fatherhood and we are going to kick off our way to 300 starting tomorrow with an awesome guest for you guys he is a platinum selling recording artist he is the lead singer of the band sugar ray Mark McGrath will be joining me here tomorrow for episode 201, and of course, we are going to finish out the week strong with a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. We are going to have former Marine-turned-Navy SEAL Chris Osmond to finish off the week strong, all right? That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.